May I speak in the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The old story for the conversation from the top of the stairs to the bottom of the stairs. Get ready for school. I don't want to go to school. But you've got to go to school. I don't, I know I'm not going to school. I don't want to go to school. Everyone's mean to me. But you've got to go to school. Why? Because you're the teacher. <laughs> Remember the story? It goes around every so often, but it's a familiar story with one thing or another. I don't want to do this. Everyone's mean. It's horrible. It's boring. Bridget definitely moans about school sometimes in those ways. But then what about church? Why do we come here? Is it feeling, well, it's a chore or a duty? What about prayer, our prayer life? Is that something we do because we just know we need to? Do we feel it's just one of those things we need to tick off as a chore along with taking the rubbish out on the right day, remembering whether it's recycling or normal rubbish or whatever on a particular day? Or Bible study, likewise, is it a duty we, know we just do because we need to? Like a chore or is it something else? I admit sometimes it's a struggle for me. I'm praying the daily offices every day because it's something I committed to do when I was ordained. But at the same time, let's, let's get it over with quickly. I'm doing it because I need to do it. Something I think all of us at times struggle with. We're doing it just be out of a sense of duty, maybe. The psalm, on the other hand, today, be joyful in the Lord all the earth, serve the Lord with gladness, come before his presence with a song. Rejoice in the Lord, rejoice in our time in church, rejoice in our time of prayer, rejoice in our study of the scriptures. Is that how we feel all the time? Don't put up your hands to say one way or the other, I might add. It's probably a a balance between the two, I guess. Sometimes we're joyful about being here, we're excited, we can't wait to see what God's going to do. Other times, we can't wait until it ends so we can go home. Maybe. Don't know. We want to be joyful. We tell ourselves we want to be joyful, we should be joyful. Sometimes, maybe we don't, we don't quite feel it. I was thinking, well, what impression do people outside the church have either of clergy or Christians in general come to that. You know, if you sort of ask them to d depict what a priest is like, no doubt it'll either be something like Vicar of Dibley and a bit mental, or more likely something like from Orgasm Gators or whatever, sort of a, a white-haired old man, doddery, boring, or maybe someone who's judging criticising, saying, well, we're holier than thou. Or is it more that Christians are depicted as being people who are full of the joy of the gospel, knowing Jesus has made a difference in their lives? That's sort of how we see ourselves, I think. But how often is it that Christians are viewed very differently as being almost a negative thing for people? 
didn't know Christians would be like that. Or can Christians enjoy themselves? Can Christians go to the pub? Can Christians laugh and joke? You don't look much like a priest. I didn't, that's not, I didn't expect a priest to look like you, they say to me or Darren. Oh, you're a bit young to be, be a priest. Are you a curate? No, I've been ordained 15 years. I mean, I've had that conversation recently. Because all clergy should be old. Well, no, actually. Be joyful in the Lord and let that joy be infectious. Whatever age we are, showing we are Christians by our lives, by the difference Jesus has made to our life. Not just boring and judgmental, as people might assume. But joy. So, so often if we, if we see certain things, there's this sort of put on joy or smile, isn't there? There's this, this sort of fake pretending to be something. Is, is it just pretending to be happy? Or are we really joyful inside? Not putting on an act. I know sometimes we need to put on a brave face, don't we? We go into a situation and we can't show quite how much we're struggling. Or as a priest, I can't show how much I'm struggling sometimes, I guess. All of us in particular situations. But other times, we really are full of the joy of the gospel. We really can say, rejoice in the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with a song. What would the world make of it if we went out of church today or after refreshments and we're literally singing still? Would they give us funny looks? Should we give it a go? Or are we not actually that joyful to actually take that risk? I don't know. Would I want to take that risk? I'm not quite sure. Maybe sometimes. Other times I just want to sort of hide in the background a bit. In the epistle we hear, yes, there are hardships in being followers of Jesus. There are sufferings. But it goes on, look at what knowing Jesus leads to. Leading to God's love being poured out into our hearts. Because we are known and loved by God. Yes, it's a challenge being a follower of Jesus. Yes, it's a challenge taking up our cross and following him. But there is joy with it if we persevere as we journey through living the joy of the gospel. And of course, just the word gospel means good news. We don't think about that sometimes. We just think, well, it's just a word. Actually, the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is good news. We hear in the gospel, Jesus going about proclaiming the good news. Proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of heaven. He's going about curing people. Don't we all need healing in one way or another like the rest of the world? We hear Jesus sees people harassed, helpless, frustrated like sheep without a shepherd. Something I know the feeling of only too well driving around this ministry area sometimes. I nip over the mountain road towards Vokaru and I see sheep without a shepherd. And I think, will you get out of the way so I can actually get where I'm wanting to go? But they say, no, we're quite happy having a picnic in the middle of the road. Thank you very much. They're just there. 
not quite knowing what they're doing, maybe. Or no, maybe they know exactly what they're doing. They know I'm in a rush, so they know they want to slow me down. Who knows? The people are harassed, helpless, frustrated. And Jesus has compassion for them. Jesus doesn't say to them, stop moaning. Pull yourselves together. What have you got to moan about? No. He sees them struggling. He has compassion. He cares for them. How much of a message is that for us when we see people in or outside the church who are struggling? Do we say, well, what have you got to moan about? Or do we say, you matter, you are loved by God, loved by us. And Jesus carries on the call. The harvest is plentiful, he says. People are desperately seeking God. That's what he's saying with the harvest is plentiful. In fact, in the world today, we see people seeking all kinds of things, looking for meaning in the world looking for meaning in their lives, seeking God, but don't know where to look. That has not changed. The harvest is plentiful. And he carries on, the labourers are few. Everyone is seeking, desperately seeking, but not enough people reaching out to show God's love to them. People are seeking God, but then there's not enough people helping them find God. Is that the case now? Are we afraid to be joyful in the Lord and to show people both that we're Christians and what a difference it makes to our lives and the lives of others to know Jesus? So people don't know to ask us or we don't like to help people because what might be different or might appear a bit weird. Well, to be fair, everyone's weird, we're humans. And so Jesus sends them out. Such a motley crew. Simon Peter, who denied Jesus. Or to a fisherman. Then there's tax collectors. There's Judas, who betrayed him. Not quite the A-team of the most persuasive, educated people. But normal people with their own backgrounds, with their own baggage. With their own problems, with their own history. With their own doubts and fears. They are sent out. To proclaim the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, has come near. Go out, Jesus says. You're equipped, you're sent out, you're anointed for this role. He says you give with, you received without payment, give without payment. Or to put it another way, reach out to them without expecting anything in return. <clears throat> This is not a sending out that's transactional. It's not do this and get this in return. Rather, it is a selfless giving. Selflessly, selflessly giving other people knowledge of God's love, God's healing, God's care for them. With no agenda, with no expectation, suddenly the all the pews in the church will be full the following Sunday. They might be, but we're planting seeds that could take years to have any effect at all. It's not do this to get that. It's just do this because it matters that people know God's love. It's something we're reminded of in the epistle as well. 
about not easy to die for someone else, but for a really just person, maybe you might, but then Jesus has died for all. I've been rereading The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe by C.S. Lewis recently. I thought I should, I haven't read it for a long time. And then Edmund has betrayed everyone. And then Aslan gives up his life for him. Of course, we know the links between Aslan and Jesus, etc. What C.S. Lewis is doing is an apologetic. But we see it illustrated, someone giving up their life for someone else. Without any expectation. Just because. It's the right thing to do. So go out, said Jesus. This is something for us too. In our way, however, we can do it in our particular lives. Go out, proclaim God's love. Not out of a sense of duty. Not because I've told you to do it, therefore you've got to do it. And I'm going to ask you next time I see you how many people you've reached out to. Because I'm not going to ask you that. Not going out begrudgingly, feeling guilty that maybe you've not spoken to as many people as others have. But joyfully. Joyfully showing who we are as Christians. Joyfully showing others how our lives have changed through knowing Jesus. Joyfully showing that if people are looking for meaning in life, this is what they are searching for. Oh, be joyful in the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with a song. Know that the Lord is God. It is he that has made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. For the Lord is gracious. His steadfast love is everlasting. And his faithfulness endures from generation to generation. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.